Oyan, you're high and you lift it up here at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. God, we thank you, God, for what you have done. We thank you for what you're doing. God, we thank you for what you're going to do. Even the things that we have not come into knowledge of knowing what you're going to do. So we just honor you this morning. Fathers, I go forth with your word. I thank you that your people hearts are open and receptive, God, to receive what you have to say unto them. So when the word of God is heard, God, they're not receiving it as man's word, but they're receiving it as your word. And it's, a, it's working effectually in them. It's at work because, God, they know it's you and they know it's not me, God. I thank you, God, for being your chosen vessel on today. I thank you that as I open my mouth, you have already filled it. I thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit, who's my helper and who's my teacher. Holy Spirit, illuminate this word to your people. Let there be light shining upon this word. Let the pages, your word, come off the pages and enter into our hearts. That it becomes a fire when it comes out of our mouths and devour everything going on around us. It becomes a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces. It becomes a two-edged sword. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is spirit and it is life for us today. And we receive that life from your word on today. Thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And the interest of your word on today gives us light and gives us understanding. And God, most of all, I thank you and I acknowledge that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Turn with me again to St. Luke. St. Luke. The fourth chapter, verse 43. We're going to start there and we're going to add to what I was teaching last Sunday. St. Luke, the fourth chapter, verse 43. Hallelujah. New Testament. Matthew. Mark. Luke. And if you go to John, you're too far. The word of God reads, and he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. This is Jesus speaking unto the people, and he was telling them that he must go preach the kingdom of God to other cities, therefore he is sent. I want to talk again on sent to preach the kingdom. And it's, it must be something that is so important about the kingdom of God for Jesus to say, this is why I was sent to preach the kingdom of God. We reference back in Matthew 4 when Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And John the Baptist even talked about repenting for the kingdom of God is at hand. So both of them was talking about the kingdom. And we know repent means to think differently. So when we bring in the kingdom of God, it helps people to think differently, not to think worldly or earthly, but to have their thinking centered upon the kingdom of God, God's way of doing and God's way of being. And this is what we supposed to be doing as Christians. We supposed to be preaching, proclaiming the kingdom of God. Because everything that we need is in the kingdom of God. And after Jesus had said this, we see that Peter and them had told all night. 
they were fishermen and they had put up their gear and everything and they had given up. But then Jesus came in on the scene and Jesus was presenting them God's way of doing things. But the first thing he did was he began to teach. And I believe that's the problem when it comes to the churches. Everybody want to um, go out and do you know, see signs and see wonders or let people identify them by title. But the first thing that need to be done is t- is for people to be taught. We need to make disciples, disciples of nations. So Jesus began to teach God's way of doing things. So after he taught, he told Peter to launch out. Once we're taught God's way of doing things, then we can launch out into the deep. Some of us are trying to launch out before we even know God's way of doing things. So many people are taking man's way above God's way. They think that's the right way. And this is why the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. Because some men and some women have added to the word their way of doing things. And they expect people to do it their way instead of God's way. And we want to make sure we're doing it God's way. Because when we do it God's way, we're going to see a manifestation of the kingdom of God. We're going to see a showing forth of the kingdom of God. God is not going to show up in man's mess. He's not going to show up in man's mess. Because God has a way of doing things that's outside of what man do and how they do it. So Jesus began to tell Peter, this is what you need to do. But before Peter really launched out, Peter began to be honest with Jesus. And that's what we have to do. God already know your heart. God already know what you're thinking even before you think about it. God already know what you're going to do even before you do, do what you do. Some of us, we are tall all night in prayer. We'll cry, we'll snot all over the place, but we already know what we're going to do before we even do it. God already know what we're going to do before we do it. But Peter began to say, we told all night and we caught nothing. He was honest. He said, we did this. And remember I say, when you let go of you, let go of you and do what? Let go and let God. You got to let go of yourself first and foremost to know that you can't do this. Knowing that you can do all things through Christ which strengthen you. It's not about you. It's about what he want to do in you and through you. So Peter began to say, we did tall all night. But nevertheless, at your word, we will let down the net. Peter put more trust in God than he put in himself. And until we get to the place of trusting God more than we trust ourselves, we're not going to see the manifestation of God the way we need to see the manifestation of God. We say we trust God, but we really haven't let go. We really haven't let go. What are some of the things that we have have not let go of? First of all, me, myself, and I. Some of us are so attached to us, the way we look, the way we walk, the way we talk, the way we present ourselves. And we're supposed to be Christians. We want people to see us above God. Come on, let's just be real. We want people to know what we can do outside of what God has already done. We want people to know how much we've been in the word of God. We want people to know how we help this one and how we help that one. We want people to know, look at me. Look at what I have done. Until you get over you, God can't manifest itself through you because you're in the way. 
When we start doing things just for people to say how well we done it or how good that looked, do y'all know that wear off? No matter what you get or what you do, it wears off. People forget about that. You got to keep doing something over and over again for people to give you praise. You got to keep wearing something different. You got to do a different hairdo. You got to do different way you do your nails. You got to do a different way you dress for people to notice you. Because after a while, the look is gone. For real. Come on, hairstyles get dated. People change hairstyles because nobody wants those styles no more. It's getting to the point now, people have hair, but they want weave. Come on. They want a different look. And and whether we realize it or not, women, have y'all noticed that? I remember I would tell Kim, when I had perms, I would say, Kim, it's time for me another perm. And Kim would look at me, I said, because my complexion is different. <laughs> True that, Kim? I knew. When I got the perm, it was just like a light came on. Come on, there's a difference. Come on, y'all don't notice these changes? Come on, put on some eyelashes and men are looking at you while you're batting your eyes. Because there's something different about you. People are doing different things to look different. Say, folk. You know why? Because we want some attention from somebody and from somewhere. We want to grab all the attention. But don't you know when the glory of God come upon you, no matter how your eyelashes look or your nails or your hair or your clothes, when his glory come upon you, they looking past all of that. They're not seeing that. They're saying there's something about you just to be around you. They ain't even talking about your eyelashes no more. They ain't talking about your nails and your hair and your clothes. They're saying just to be around you, there's some peace there. I'm feeling some peace that I have never felt before. So see, we need to get over ourselves. It's okay to look good, y'all. I'm not saying lose your eyelashes because some of us need them because we don't have none. I'm not saying to, you know, get rid of these things, but don't let these things have you. Our problem is we allow these things to have us. We're thinking that these things is what make us be whom we are. Or we gravitate to these things because we're saying, my husband will love me more. My husband will look at me more. But when we look to him, who's the author and finisher of our faith, we know that we've been accepted in the beloved. We know that we're no longer a reject because God accepted us. He loved us for who we are in him. So what we need to do is take focus off of us. Can you take focus off of you just for a little bit? I mean, just for a second. Because some of us, it's so much about us, we can't even bypass the mirror without standing there and making sure everything is right. Because we make it so much about us, we want to make sure that there is nothing there. We want to make sure that there's no flaw that somebody would see that would take us out of our place of who we want to be. We want to make sure it's okay to check yourself, but if you're checking yourself because you think you look good, You need to go and look again because it's not about us. We don't make it about us. That's why I always say I have been crucified with Christ. It's not about me. It's all about him. I have to remind myself every day. It's all about you, Jesus. Y'all know the song is all about. We have to remind ourselves every day. It's all about him. 
And when we put other people in place of him, we're making those people and those things our gods. And then when people remind you of what you're doing, sometimes we act like we're ignorant. And sometimes we are ignorant because we really don't know we're making it about us because we have been in that place so long. We have gotten so comfortable. So when somebody bring correction to you, you get mad about what they bring into you. And they're only bringing that to you out of love to remind you that's not who you are. This is not who you are. This is not who God has created you to be. You have changed. Whomever you associate with, that's whom you become. And we as Christians and we as people of the kingdom, we don't socialize with folks, understand this, that call themselves Christians and they're living outside of kingdom. We should know better not to hang out with people that are sinners when our lives have changed. If we're with them, we're with them to bring them kingdom so they can come out of darkness into the marvelous light. We don't hang with them to be like them because we are new creations in Christ Jesus. It's no longer I who live. It's no longer you who live. But it's Christ who's living on the inside of you. People supposed to see a difference. And if they've been with you for five years and they still have not changed, you're the one that have changed. You're acting earthly. Because when you act kingdom and be about kingdom, people don't want to be about you. Now that's truth. You're not going to have the same friends. Your family is not going to like you. They're going to despise you even the more because you bring in them kingdom and they don't want to be a part of a kingdom that they say they said, yes, Lord. They don't want you to tell them that they're out of order. They're out of character. That's not being Christ-like. That's not the way that you should be acting in that situation. You are a new creature. You're born from above, not from the earth. You don't do like they do. You do totally the opposite of what they do. You love them even though they hate you. You bless them even though they curse you. You give to your enemy even though they don't want to give to you. That's kingdom. But when we're doing like the world is doing, how can we bring them to the kingdom of God? So that's why Jesus had to go everywhere preaching the kingdom because they were living in the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of the world. They were born into darkness. They were born into sin. So Jesus had to bring the kingdom of God in the kingdom of heaven to show them this is not what I created you to be. This is not how I created the world to be. I'm bringing you change and the only thing you have to do is accept me to enter in to see the kingdom of God. So Jesus had to carry himself, y'all, in a way for people to want the kingdom. Y'all got to get it. Even though he had the kingdom, the Bible said the kingdom is within us. That means the kingdom is in the midst of us. That means the kingdom is amongst us. We bring the kingdom And when you bring the kingdom, you bring God's characteristics. You don't only bring the power of God, but you bring God's characteristics, his attribute, his love, his fruit. Some of us want to bring the gifts before we bring the fruit. 
People got to know God's love through you. You can't be saying I'm going to lay hands on somebody and heal them and you acting snobbish and acting like you're the only one that's been anointed and appointed. So when we bring the kingdom, first of all, we bring it in love because God is love. We speak truth in love. Some of us don't see ourselves because we may be speaking truth, but it's how you speak it. And if you hit somebody wrong, speaking it the wrong way, making it about you using the word of God, they don't want to hear the truth. But if you meet them where they are, some people have to be met where they are. Because when people have been bruised, I don't know about you, how many in this place have been hurt? You've been hurt to a point you don't want to hear nothing. Nobody has to say. Because hurt is hurt. But when God's love touch you, when God come in with that anointing and the power of God through his word, things begin to change. Your heart begin to change. You begin to feel something you never felt before. You begin to say, what must I do to be saved? See, it's how you present the kingdom. When Jesus came in and he was presenting the kingdom, Jesus had to show the love of God. That's why when they brought the lady to him that had committed adultery, y'all know they brought her to Jesus and it was ready for her to be stoned. Why? Because the law said this is what we're supposed to do. But Jesus was presenting the kingdom. Jesus was writing down there on the ground and he wasn't paying them any attention. But when Jesus began to look up at them, he said, he who has not sinned, let him cast the first stone. Look how simple that was. You know, what we do is we grade on a curve. We look at big sins and little sins. But let me tell y'all something. I may not have sinned like you did when we were in the world, but I still sin. I may not have clubbed the way you clubbed when you was in the world, but I still sin. I may not have cussed the way you cussed. Some people cuss like sailors, but I still sin. Sin is sin, y'all. You don't look at how big the sin is and say, I'm better than you. Jesus died for them all. The little ones, the big ones, all of them. Jesus didn't have no respectable person, but we do. We look at people differently based on what they have done. And that's not right. That's not how, that's not God's love. The Bible said, for God so loved, so loved. The world, the world, y'all, the world was full of sin. All kind of sins that we couldn't even imagine. Some sins we haven't even come in contact with. Have somebody ever told you something that was so gross and so tore up? You're like, oh, who in the world would do something like that? That was something you never come in contact with, but it's out there. It's out there. But the Bible said, for God so love the world. That he gave. He gave something up for the world. And it was his only begotten son. I don't think it's a person in this place that would give our children up for any sinner. Especially when they haven't done anything. Come on parents. When when they're in school and somebody tell you or your child tell you what somebody done to them. And they say I didn't do anything. I didn't deserve for them to hit me. I just walked up and they knocked me down. And you seeing the bruise on your child. The first thing some of us going to do is grab that child. Go to that school. And we're going to let the child have it and the whole school. 
right? We're going to do that. But guess what Jesus did? See, Jesus had a way of doing things that's beyond our understanding. Jesus showed love in every given situation. He showed the way the kingdom would react to every and anything. And that's what we supposed to do. Even though it hurts to see our children go through the way they go through, we got to give them kingdom. We got to show them God's kind of love, God's way of doing things. We got to meet them where they are and say, God, show me how to meet them where they are without bashing them. Because Jesus said, he who have not sinned, let him cast the first stone. They had to drop the stone because all of them had something that they did that they should not do. So then Jesus asked her, where are your accusers? She said, they're not here. Jesus said, neither do I condemn thee. But guess what he said? Go and sin no more. That's the way the kingdom work. When you recognize what he has died for. And you may fall in that trap every now and then. When you get up, you're going to go and not sin no more. You're not going to stay in that same sin. You're not going to stay in that same state. That's how you know your heart is towards the kingdom and not towards the world. Because anybody that say, Lord, Lord, is wanting change. You want to change from the state that you're in. You don't want to go back and live the same way you live in. He said, go and sin no more. She recognized she was caught in adultery. She knew she was sleeping with some other woman's husband. But Jesus handled it in a way to let her know, you already forgiven. Just go and sin no more. But some people stay in the same bed with the same married man and act like it's okay. And they say that they know Jesus. I beg you to differ. Because you wouldn't have Jesus in the bed with the married man. When you know him, you have to get up and apologize even to the man you laying with. Like David. Y'all know David? The one that was a man after God's own heart? I question that. I said, God, how in the world can David be a man after your own heart? He was a liar. He was a murderer. God, he done some things that he should not have done. But God showed me how he was a man after his own heart. He said, when David did it, he said, and I sent a prophet to David. David didn't blame nobody else. David said, I have sinned against God. So David's heart was still open to God. Your heart have to be open to God that when you know you lie. And God know we as Christian folks, we tell little fibs. It's just like telling a big lie. Don't say, nah, I just fibbed a little. You just lied. <laughs> I just told a little one now. You just told a big lie. You know, you're just a liar. And God said he ain't going to have a lie. <laughs> That's what we do. We tell people mine was different from yours. It's no different. We don't compare apples with oranges. Everybody that don't line up to what the word is telling you to line up to is the same place, hell. It ain't no little fires. The little one, light is going to burn in the little spark. Well, I lied a little bit, God. You're just going to light me up just a little. 
Lord, I lied just a little bit above him. You're just going to hit me just a little bit more. And then they go to big lie. Oh, look at the big lie. Either worms and maggots don't die with them. This is what we do. We look at what people do and we look at us and say, I'm not as bad as they are. The Bible said that he loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. So none of us would perish, but would have everlasting. None of us. He looked at all sin overall. The Bible said he commended his love for us. He demonstrated his love for us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. We were still doing our stuff. But he laid down his life for us. That's love. Can you lay your life down for somebody who act like they don't care, don't speak to you, treat you harshly? Are you willing to crucify your flesh to say, God, you died for me. This flesh is going to die for them because they need you. God, show me how to reach them. If I can't reach them, God, put somebody before them that can. Our heart should be turned towards the loss. He said, I came to seek and save those that are lost. Those that are not sick are not in the need of a physician. But those that are sick and sin, those are the ones that are in the the need of him. So Jesus came to seek and save. And that's what we're supposed to do. We don't supposed to look at what people done or how they did it or when they did it. Every one of us done something. But we could have done it differently. But God still looked at us as sinners when we were in the world. So Jesus was bringing the kingdom. Jesus had to bring a different way of doing, a different way of being before the people. And he showed me in John, the 18th chapter, when they were coming to arrest him. When they were coming to arrest him, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. He said, because if my kingdom was of this world, you know, I would have had bands of soldiers coming in. But, but the reason why Jesus said this was, is because his kingdom do things differently. Jesus knew that what God put on him, he had to endure on our behalf. So Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. It's not an earthly kingdom. The first thing that we got to recognize is our kingdom is not of this world. You are in this world. Understand this. But you're not of this world. You do not take on what the world take on and do what the world does. You supposed to be different because your kingdom is not of this world. That's the first thing we got to understand. We're born from above, not from this earth, from beneath. When you understand that, you will understand that our way of doing is not the world's way. And then he goes on to say, when he was praying to the Father in St. John 17, look at what Jesus was saying on our behalf, on the disciples' behalf. I love this scripture. He said, I have given them thy word. Understand, that's St. John 17, 14. Understand that when God gives you his word, oh my goodness, that's going to be trouble in paradise. When you have the word of God, you can look for persecution. You can look for affliction. You can look for trouble. He said, I have given them thy word. 
And the world have hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Y'all catch that? He said, I have given them your word. And because of what I have given them, the world hate them. Okay, let's start right there. And then the Bible says in St. John 14, the world only love their own. So if you're loved by the world, then you're worldly. Then you represent the world. You're not representing the kingdom of God. If the world is still loving you and hanging with you and walking beside you, it's because you're acting like them. But Jesus said, because I have given them your word, the world hate them. He told us, know that they hate me. And if they hate me, they're going to hate you because my kingdom is not of this world. You got to recognize where you from. Why are you looking for somebody to like you, people? If you're supposed to be about God's business. If you're carriers of his word, why are you worrying about people disliking you? They're going to dislike you because of the word's sake. They don't want to have anything to do with you because you're not of this world. Some Christians don't even know where they're from. You are from the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. You are a citizen, meaning that God takes care of his citizens. God give his citizens what they need to live here on this earth. So when something go down, God protects his citizens. You got to understand, come what may, just because COVID is here, God already protected you from COVID. But when you bow down to COVID, that means that's who your God is. But when you're trusting in God's way, the kingdom's way of doing things, you're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. You're abiding up under the shadows of the Almighty. And you can say unto the Lord that he is mine. But when you don't know where you're from, you're going to bow down to what the world is telling you to do. And you forget where you're from. The kingdom is over all. The kingdom rules over all, and we have a tendency to forget that God rules over all. Why do we forget? Why do we forget? Because we're being more sensitive to what the news is saying. We're being more sensitive to what family is saying. We're being more sensitive. I'm going to break it down to what the wife is saying, what the husband is saying, what the children is saying, what your job is saying. And you forgetting who you are and where are you from because you hanging out with people that don't know what the word of God has said. The more you hang out with them, the more you begin to do what they do. And you say it's acceptable because this is how we supposed to live. Uh-uh. We live kingdom's way. We live the way of the kingdom. Jesus demonstrated that. He walked as a mere man. The word took on flesh and dwelled among us. He showed us how to live in a cruel and an evil world that was full of sickness, that was full of lack, that was full of hate, that was full of betrayal, that was full of jealousy. He showed us how to live in that world. Why? By bringing the kingdom. You got to bring the kingdom. 
The kingdom is in the midst of you. But we have to let the kingdom out of us to let people know I'm not of this world. I'm in it, but I'm not of it. So that's what Jesus came to bring. And then it goes on to say, go to Luke 16, 16. And Luke 16, 16. This is what the Bible saying. The law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the kingdom of God is preached and every man press into it. Remember, I said it's something about this kingdom. It said the law and the prophets were before John. See, John was bringing in another kingdom. John was bringing in another way of doing things. But see, up under the law, you had to do something to get something from God. That's what they were used to. They were used to, you know, this is what I got to do in order to be healed. Or this is what I got to do in order to prosper. But the only thing we got to do is accept what Jesus have already done and all of that belong to us. It's not based on what we do or what we don't do. It's based on what Jesus have already done. Jesus was bringing in the kingdom and the kingdom represents the grace of God. So we have to trust in him more than we trust in in ourselves. That's why the disciples, the followers of Christ had to give up themselves first. They had to deny themselves. They had to let go of everything that they were holding on to. Why do you think God told Abraham, I want you to leave everything that you're familiar with. Abraham, I want you to trust me. Leave your father's house. Leave your kindred. Leave all of this. I will bless you. Come on, how many of us, if we heard the voice of God tell us, I want you to leave everything that you're familiar with. I will bless you. I will take care of you. Kingdom got your back. You a citizen of the kingdom. There's going to be nothing missing. There's going to be nothing broken. He said, I'll be your provider in every area. I'll be your life insurance policy. I'll be your health coverage. Come on, in the kingdom, you got some benefits, y'all. He said, everything is paid for in full. There is no lapse in the kingdom of God based on what you do or what you don't do. Because whatever I tell you to do, I'm going to manifest what I have said. But you got to trust me more to let go of all of it. Can you let go of all of it and trust me? See, that was my journey. God had to see if I trusted him. He had to see if I was going to take him at his word. And guess what? He worked with me first before he worked with my husband. So God had to see, can you be trusted? Can you take on what I'm putting in your hand? Because God said, I'm going to take you on a journey. And that journey, you're not going to like. You know, we smiling because we figure God chose me. God want me to do this special task. But in doing that task, God makes you ready for where God is taking you. There's persecution. There's tribulation. There's hate, there's bitterness, there's jealousy. God has to show us what's in us first. And we have to be willing to uproot what's in us so we'll be able to hear God even the more when he tell us to go somewhere we don't want to go. So that's what kingdom does. Kingdom brings change and that change starts with us first. What are you willing to let go of? Are you willing to let go of a relationship that you shouldn't have been in? Are you willing to let go of some money that you went out and got yourself that God didn't tell you to get? Are you willing to let go of all of that for the kingdom and say, God, here I am. 
God send me. That's what Isaiah did. God send me. But guess what God had to do with Isaiah first? Isaiah was in the presence of the Lord. When he began to see God's train fill the temple, his presence fill the temple, Isaiah forgot about Isaiah. See, when you in the presence of the Lord, you forget about you. Your mindset, your heart is towards the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you saying, God, what must I do? God, what would you have me to do? And God know when your heart is tender. He know when your heart is right before him. Because when you cry out to him even the more and say, God, I don't like the way I am. I don't like how I sound. I don't like how I come at people. God, I don't like the way I carry myself, the way I dress. God, I don't like me trying to be something I'm not. God, I need your help. Help me get to the root of why I'm like I am. Show me where did this came from, Lord. Show me where it come from. Because God, I don't want to live like this. I don't want my children to portray something that I'm not. Some of our children look up to us and they're not looking up to the right person. They're looking up to a person that has a mask on because we want our children to stand out to the world. We want our children to look good for the world when we should be teaching them the way of Christ. We should be showing them how to handle situations when those situations look like we need to handle them. So we want to be Christ-like. We want to be kingdom. And that's what Jesus was bringing was the kingdom. He was showing them, first of all, deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. Can you deny yourself? Can you give up what's so important to you and follow me? So Jesus began to teach them the way of the kingdom. But the Bible says that people were pressing into it. Pressing into it means they were forcibly Going into the kingdom. Why did it say that? Because see there were laws. There were things that they were required to do. But when they heard about kingdom. They were pressing their way. They were forcing their way to get to John the Baptist. Because they heard something. That they knew that could help them. They heard something that they knew that would free them from being into bondage. They wanted to be free, y'all. So they were pressing their way. They were forcing their way into the kingdom. They're saying, I don't want to be a part of the world no more. I want to be a part of this kingdom. And this is why they were so persecuted. This is why opposition came because they were coming out of the world and they were going into another kingdom. Don't you know the enemy is going to bring some stuff? This is why the Bible says that he took us out of darkness and translated us into the kingdom. Translated means you went from one place to another. Now, if I'm translated to another place, why I want to go back to the place I was in? The only reason why I want to go back is like Lot's wife, Sodom and Gomorrah. They brought them out of Sodom and Gomorrah, but they said, don't you look back. See, she couldn't give up that world. She couldn't give up that kingdom that was so toe up. So she looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. Some of us that say we know him and we love him, we still looking back. We still looking at what the world have and we want what the world has. Come on, let's quit trying to fake it to make it. This is why when we look at social media and we see so much going on on Facebook, let's talk about it. We see people getting red roses today. 
We see people going on trips today. We see people doing stuff, you know, for their mates or for their girlfriends and boyfriends, and we feel like that should be me. That's worshiping another God. Every day is God's day. We don't take Valentine's Day. Do y'all know what Valentine's Day is? It's not God's day. When you worship Valentine's Day and you get up and say happy Valentine's Day, you're worshiping something else except God. That's why you got to look into these holidays. You got to know what you are saying when you say it. When I got knowledge of this, me and my husband cut it off. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it because it's his day. Everything belongs to, to God. We don't take these days and, you know, hype them up. Baby, where's my flowers? Baby, where's this and where's that? We don't do that because that's not God. Come on, understand where these, go back, research. Have you ever said, where did this day come from? Why is this day on the calendar? Because see, the enemy has a way that he want to be worshipped and Christians are helping him to be exalted. Now I done gave you some truth. Go back and research it and then you won't be ignorant no more. Now just, just quit being mad at your mate today. Because you ain't get no flowers, you ain't get no rain, you didn't get nothing. Don't be mad at him. Just understand, this is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Y'all, we do kingdom. When you do kingdom, the world is going to be mad at you because you ain't doing what the world is doing. And that's when you present kingdom to them and tell them, this is why I don't do it. You bring kingdom. God is about love, y'all. And he wants us, first of all, if we're going to bring kingdom, God say, know my love. When you know my love, you can present me well. And the Bible say, faith works by love if our faith is not in operation it's because we don't know the love of God we don't know how much God love us this is why we're not seeing manifestation of things that we need to see when we really know his love when our body is racked in pain we can say God you love me so much you died for this pain even before I had it So, God, I'm going to give you glory that by your stripes I was already healed. Even though the pain is trying to make me feel like you didn't heal me. God, I rebuke the pain in the name of Jesus because you have given me authority. I'm a citizen of the kingdom. I'm an ambassador of Jesus Christ. I have authority over what's trying to come in upon me. So, in the name of Jesus. See, we have to be taught the kingdom. So we'll know what to do when things are coming upon us. We don't deny y'all what has come upon us. We just tell it, you can't stay. Because I'm kingdom. I'm from the kingdom of God. Not from the kingdom of this world. So Jesus taught them how to live kingdom. And that's what I want to go in to is the kingdom. So we'll know how to operate in the kingdom. And not according to the world. As kingdom citizens, we don't take offense. As kingdom citizens, we don't hold strife. As kingdom citizens, we don't hold jealousy and envy. As kingdom citizens, we don't backbite one another. We want to learn all these principles so we can live outside of the way the world is living. 
Jesus knew God's way of doing things. Because he said, I only do what the Father do. Whatever I see is what I do. Because I see the Father doing it. So the only way you can live according to the kingdom is first of all, know that you're not of this world. Y'all, that seems kind of odd, doesn't it? When we're living in this world, but we have to know we're not of this world and we don't do what the world does. We depend on God's way so we can manifest what God would have us to manifest. So we are not of this world. We're from another kingdom. That's the first thing that we're going to begin teaching on, knowing who you are. Oh, we're starting again. We have to. Because we're in a time right now that people are dying. They're truly dying, y'all. You don't know what death you're going to hear of next. And it's not about the age no more. Young folks are dying just as quicker, quick as older folks. But we have to bring in the kingdom so people can press into it so they'll know I need the kingdom of God more than I need the kingdom of this world. And the end is not coming until the kingdom of God is preached. And people think they're preaching the kingdom, but I beg you to differ. If we're preaching the kingdom, we should be like the kingdom. We should walk like the kingdom. We should talk like the kingdom. We need to manifest God's way of doing things, God's way of being, so people will know thy kingdom has come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is that not what Jesus said? He said, I want my kingdom to come here on this earth. You're the one that bring the kingdom. And the church is sitting down waiting on man to do away with COVID. Yes, they are. They're waiting on man to give them enough vaccine to do away with COVID. Let me tell you, I don't care how much vaccine you take, you're going to have something else coming in behind that. And you got to keep taking the vaccine. So the vaccine, the only thing it do is put COVID in you to build a resistance against COVID. Some people have died taking that vaccine. Some people didn't get the second dose. Before they died, a doctor died taking the vaccine. See, you better know God. See, that's why people doing it so much man way. See, people want to get a quick fix so they can live. (laughs) They want a quick fix so they can live. God has given us life. He has given us life more abundantly through his word. And if we carry his word everywhere we go, we wouldn't be looking for everything. Because we have everything we need in us. God has built up our resistance, y'all, our immune system to attack whatever. This is why you got to be out a month so your immune system can build up. So when it come, you can't touch me. Look at the doctors. Some of the doctors in the emergency room 24-7 and some of them ain't down with COVID. You walk in there and you fall out. Mass. Bring stuff to you (laughs) instead of taking it away from you. People getting sick wearing masks because their body ain't used to that. You, You breathe. You got to breathe out. What you're doing now, you're breathing it in. Now they want to double mash you. Because that's all man know. That's why we got to stick to kingdom. We got to ask God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? I want you to dwell in the secret place 
of the Most High. I want you to abide up under the shadow of the Almighty. If we leave early, it ain't God's fault. Because he gave us all the antidote we need. It's something that we miss. Your thinking, the way you think, will control how you live. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. Why did Jesus say in the beginning, repent? I got to change your thinking so you can live kingdom. If I don't change your thinking, you still going to live the way that you're living. Your body functions by the way you think. The more you think sick, you become sick. The more you think COVID, COVID come at you and you don't even have to go out there amongst it. Some people say, I ain't even been around a person and I got COVID. Your thinking will kill you. So we have to change our way of thinking. We have to change our way of being. How do we do that? Speak those things that be not as though they were. When I done the sermon, when you let go of it, it'll let go of you. Y'all, I held on to something and I was praying. I was seeking God. And one morning I woke up, I said, God, I'm speaking your word. God, I'm doing this. God, I'm doing that. And God told me, he said, no, you ain't. He said, you ain't doing nothing but babysitting it. I said, God, how am I babysitting it? He said, because when you come to talk with me, you talk about it more than you talk about me. And I said, oh, my goodness. God said, start talking about me. Start talking about what I have done. Start talking about you are the healed of the Lord. Start talking about your body will receive today. Start talking about that and your body will switch. And I'm here to tell you it did just that. Because God told me, you babysitting it. Because you're talking to me more about it than you're talking to it about me. We holding on to some stuff. Because every time we go to God, God, that person hate me. That person don't like me, God. And this pain in my body, God, I know you already know, but Lord, please help me. Please help me. And Lord, them bills. Lord, have mercy, them bills, Lord. God said, I already know. He said, why don't you start talking to those things instead of talking to me about those things? I told you to speak to the mountain. Not to speak to me about the mountain. He said, if you have faith as a green of mustard seed, you can tell that sycamine tree to move to yonder place and it shall move. It got to move. That's kingdom. Come on, y'all. Jesus with the two fish and the five loaves of bread. He asked his followers, the disciples, the ones that was following Jesus. You give them to eat. What we supposed to do? Go get a penny worth of bread. See, they were using their means. This is all we have. It's not going to feed all these people. They were still looking at themselves and they followed him for that long. Jesus said, what do you have? Sometimes we depend on so much of what we have and it's still not enough. Y'all been there? I got something, but it's still not enough. God said, let me take not enough and make it into more than enough. But I need you not enough. I need for you to trust me with the little that you have. So Jesus said, give me what you have. And the first thing that Jesus did, he looked up to the kingdom of heaven. He began to bless it because he knew what his God can do. He knew what the kingdom can do. He didn't look at what the earth could do. He already looked at what God had already done. He told him before he even blessed it, have him to sit down. 
having to sit down because he already knew they were going to have what they needed before he even asked the father because he trusted God that much. Do we trust kingdom enough to say, God, you already got what I need. Even before I come to you and ask, God has already been supplied. And the Bible said it fed 5,000 men besides children and women. And guess what? And had had some left. That's kingdom. That's how we supposed to operate. We don't supposed to look at little. We supposed to look to the one that have much. And say God here's my little. I thank you that it's already made much. Y'all these are not just Bible stories. This is truth. And the Bible say when we know the truth. That's when we shall be made free. So let's get into truth. And ask the Holy Spirit to open it up, to give us revelation knowledge on what's already done. And let's start living according to what's already done. And let's start giving people what the word of God says is already done. Because guess what? That's when people acknowledge there's another kingdom that has come. And it's outside of the kingdom that we're in. God want us to bring kingdom and God want me to teach again the kingdom because people ain't yet getting it because some of us are still struggling trying to figure things out our way God said it's not your way it's my way seek ye first he gave you the answer seek ye first the kingdom God's way of doing things God's way of being right and then he said All of these things shall be added unto you. I want to go back to John 18 for a minute. I want to clear something up. John 18, 36. It says, 35, Pilate answered, Am I a Jew, thine own nation, and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me? What hast thou done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from hence. So see what Pilate was saying was, he said, am I a Jew, thine own nation? He was looking at how Jesus' own nation delivered him up. And Jesus was letting him know, no, I'm not from here. Because if my nation was with me, they would send servants to help me. So I want to clear that up because I I think it was some question marks and some people had and saying, you know, Jesus said he could have a legion of, of angels to fight for him. And yes, he could. That was a different incident. But what he was letting him know was he is not of this world because he was putting him in the midst of this world. He had to let him know I am not of this world. There's supposed to be a change, y'all. A change with us, the church. We're supposed to represent another kingdom. And people supposed to know what they're doing is not what we do. So there must be a God that we don't know nothing about. And that's when we present our God unto them. Know where you are from. Know what you are sent to do. It's not about you. It's all about him. Let go of what you're doing and start doing what God has already done. And then we will begin to see change even within the church. Let go of this worldly stuff. 
Let go of trying to be like the world. And I'm going to tell you something. The enemy will fool you too. The enemy will make you think you're doing something that God wants you to do, but it's still worldly. When you do something for God, it's totally different from the way the world do it. God will give you the idea, and it ain't representing what nobody else done. And you ain't looking to what nobody else done. You're looking to him who's the author and finisher of your faith. He will show you his pattern. When we first got this church, God showed me before I even touched the church how he wanted it to be. Showed me how to lay it out. And it was no struggle. Why? Because God showed me what he wanted me to do. I didn't have to go look at another church. I didn't have to look at the way they were doing things, their colors or how this look or that look. God gave me an open vision and said, this is how I want it to be done. That's why, y'all, when we come together and we do things, you do it unto the Lord, not the way some other congregation do it. You do it the way God is showing you. You don't go on the tradition of men because the tradition of men make the word of God of no effect. Even when it comes to collecting money, you don't do it like everybody else do it. You do it from the heart. From the heart, because when you end up setting amounts, then you waiting on the people to give you that to make the goal. But when you trust in God and God is saying, we can get $10,000 already got. Because God is going to meet that goal. He's going to show you what to do and how to do it. That's kingdom, y'all. So Miracle Temple, we're going to operate according to God's way, his pattern. Not according to the way nobody else do it, but according to what the word has already said. And the only way you're going to be able to do this is to be taught the word and not only being taught, but go into it for yourself and ask the Lord to open it up and show you kingdom's way. So let's do it kingdom's way. Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise.